Hello, this is um, William Fink, and this is the Christiania European Fellowship Forum. It is Thursday, January 19th, 2011. 2012, I'm still stuck on last year. Don't want to see the end come. That's just a joke, right? Thank you all for being here, and praise Yahweh. I, I, um, I'm sorry about the false start. I don't know what happened. My, my, uh, Winamp on, on, on my broadcasting computer just didn't work out. Problem. I wrote this editorial yesterday. Uh, I, I'm gonna read it here and, and, and maybe elaborate on parts of it. I'd, I'd, um, probably don't talk about South Africa enough. It, it's, um, South Africa, of course, isn't the problem. South Africa is the results of the problem. It, it's, it's the, um, manifestation of the disease that we've had for actually thousands of years. The Bible tells us that it is the dragon which gives its power to the beast. The problem is we keep feeding the dragon. Wherever we look into history beyond the surface, we can see that the Bible is absolutely true. Looking around the Internet this past week for news out of South Africa, we see that one of the people most often mentioned in connection with the recent 100-year anniversary of the African National Congress is Joe Slovo, who died in 1995. But we're going to use him as our icon today, right? Everything wrong with society. Joe Slovo is celebrated on the front page of the official ANC website with the short article, Long Live the Memory of Joe Slovo. It's just a paragraph. It's only really a couple of sentences. On the South African Communist Party website, Slovo is figured much more prominently even having a picture conspicuously positioned between two Negroes in the website's banner. Slobo was a member, an active member of the South African Communist Party since 1942. He was its general secretary from 1984. He was heavily involved in, in the um, negotiations, if that's the correct term, probably not, leading to the fall of apartheid. For most of its existence, the African National Congress was closely involved in alliance with the South African Communist Party. It still is today. They make big news of that alliance. It, it's no secret. It's, a, it, it's quite open. It's right out there. It's, it's all over their websites. It's mentioned all the time. An article at South African History Online states that in 1928, the Communist Party South Africa and the African National Congress began a close working relationship. One of the better biographies, brief biographies of Suovo, can be found on the official website for the city of Durban, Durban, South Africa. It's actually a, a, a brief biography because of the renaming of a street after Slovo. 
There we learned that Slovo was actually Yosel Machel Slovo, born in Lithuania in 1926 to a Jewish family who emigrated to South Africa when he was eight years old. But Slovo was not alone among his ethnic kinsmen in overturning civilization in South Africa. Most of the apparently white, apparently white, anti-apartheid activists in South Africa throughout the 20th century were Jews with recent European origins. Even Wikipedia, and, and this is actually pretty funny, it's like Jews telling on themselves. Wikipedia contains a long list of South African agitators in an article entitled, List of Jews from Sub-Saharan Africa. And, and what's really funny about this is it, 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 per, it, it purports to offer a list of Jews from Sub-Saharan Africa, and most of the list contains Jews with... European names and European roots. So, so it's just a farce. The entire list is, um, I'm, I'm, where it says politics, government, and politics, it, it's a whole list of anti-apartheid, Jewish, Jewish anti-apartheid and civil rights activists. The African National Congress website professes the slogan, Unity in Diversity. Well, well that's a lie. In practice, it falls, falls, it falls far short of its own convoluted ideals. For example, one recent episode in its insistent de is its insistent defense of the anti-white diatribes of Julius Malema Although embroiled for openly causing dissension within the ranks of the ANC, because Malame is a lot more radical, and, and he would like the ANC to be a lot more radical, Malema, who's an elected ANC official and the president of the African National Congress Youth League, has been in the habit of publicly, publicly performing the Zulu song, which chants, Shoot the Boars even in defiance of court orders which demand me not do so. As he was a white man in a white nation, he would be in prison. He wouldn't be just slapped on the wrist by a court. If he was in any European nation, and if he was a white man singing, shoot the Muslims, he'd be like Emma West. He'd be on his way to court and probably on his way to jail. No doubt. The ANC, rather than censure Malema for the song, actually came to his defense. At the website ZimDiaspora.com, in the article, ANC defends Julius Malema's Kill the Boar song. We see it announced, and I quote, The ruling ANC today defended youth leader Julius Malema for singing Shoot the Boars, They Are Rapists, saying that the lyrics of the song have been quoted out of context. An ANC spokesman, Jackson Masembu, is quoted as saying, Let's discuss appropriately on this matter. Don't blame Julius. In fact, on this one, I will defend him. Masembu is then attributed with an explanation of the meaning of the song, which is obviously absolutely contrary to the song's meaning and intent. I've read the lyrics to the song. Examining the lyrics, the song urges black Africans to shoot the boars because 
the cowards, meaning the boards, are scared. Shoot the boars, the cowards are scared. And it repeats that over and over again. And by the cowards, it's talking about the boars. I guess, you know, and, and this is um, an experience I've learned throughout my entire life. Blacks see white kindness as weakness. When whites capitulate to blacks, the blacks see that as weakness. And they see the whites who are doing the capitulating as cowards. In the white minds, the blacks think like whites. And, and everybody is civil and, and um, taking opportunity to thrive in a society that's based upon merit. In the black mind, the black wants to destroy and take everything the white man has. So the black mind sees the capitulating white as a coward. The Shoot the Boar song is... The display of a quite realistic black attitude. That's the black attitude I've known all my life. Kindness is weakness in the law of the jungle. We should expect them to have those feelings. And we should understand that that's normal, that they hate us in that manner. Liberal whites seeing the world through rose-colored glasses, refuse to accept reality for what it is. They're trying to mold something into their own image that can't possibly ever act in that capacity. Black is an animal. He always will be. He's anti-white. He always will be. They want to kill whites. They always will. The only thing the black man wants the white man for is lunch. For dinner. Well, such is the theme song of Julius Malema, who's the official youth leader of the ANC, or was for quite some time, and, and he has a great amount of influence with the youth of Africa. The ANC policy is, it is fully reflected in this. The ANC policy is very clear in, in, in its... Um, in what actually has happened in, in South Africa the last 20 years. According to the African Genocide Museum, under ANC leadership, over 4,000 white South African farmers have been murdered in under 20 years. At least 68,000 white Africaners have been murdered. Countless others have been raped. Probably countless thousands of others have been raped, robbed, beaten, and tortured. The murder of white farmers is usually accompanied with torture, as if it were all into, in the fulfillment of some sick Negro ritual. On January 18th, the organization at the website Genocide Watch gave South Africa a rating of six out of a possible seven in regards to the possible, and, and even they consider it impending, organized genocide of white boars in South Africa. They expect it. Genocide Watch expects white boars in South Africa to be 
to, to suffer a wholesale slaughter. And they specifically named the African National Congress and Julius Malema. And the mainstream media says nothing about it, but which is absolutely incredible. That the, the mainstream media, what, which highlights every minor incident of white racism and, and, and magnifies it and, and plays it for days on end, is totally ignoring the possibility for the genocide of white boars in South Africa. Incredible. No, it's not. Not when you understand the mainstream media is controlled by the same Jews that brought us Bolshevism and communism and the Negro rise to power in South Africa. And, and, and the third world or, or alien rise to power in all white nations. All brought to you by the same Jew that brings us the mainstream media every day. Well, the Jewish controlled media in the West in the 1980s, and I remember, I remember all the complaints and all the whining about apartheid on television every day, even though they don't say anything about apartheid in Israel with Palestinians. Hypocritical bastards. The Jewish controlled media in the West in the 1980s did not let either Europeans or Americans forget for one day all of the supposed evils of apartheid. Yet they are strangely silent concerning the wholesale rape and murder of whites in South Africa today. Could it be that the destruction of white South Africa and the Boer race was a Jewish policy from the beginning? Today they are seeing it implemented. And what would Europeans and Americans have thought in the 1980s if they were told that all of the apparently white faces, the white-looking men and women, standing with the Negroes opposed to apartheid in South Africa, were really all Jews themselves. In English-language media, Negroes are consistently extolled as role models. A ridiculous, a, a ridiculous situation. And their crimes are consistently ignored. When the media is compelled to report crimes perpetrated by blacks, they always stress that it has nothing to do with race. Yet in reality, it has everything to do with race. Whites were the builders of Western civilization. <clears throat> Whites alone. And now blacks, who at one time only benefited from its success incidentally as non-creative and non-governing laborers, when you could actually get them to do any work, have now been mandated into the positions which the creators and the governors of civilization, the people that built it, once held. Blacks are mandated into those positions, and yet they have absolutely no innate ability to successfully fulfill those roles in practice. They've never had that ability, and they never will have it. At the insistence of the Jew, the blacks, becoming the equals of whites in a society created by whites, have become the primary force for destruction in the now-failing white society. Proofs of these contentions are evident everywhere in any American or European city. The blacks have never, ever improved any American or European city. They've never improved any American or European neighborhood. They've never improved any American or European industry, ever. There's not one example 
and pro sports did just fine without the Negroes. The insistence that all men should be judged equally before the law is found in the Bible. It has to do with judgment. Equality, equity, has to do with judgment in the Bible. Crime and punishment. It's a cornerstone of Western law. That's what Thomas Jefferson actually meant when he wrote that all men were created equal in the Declaration of Independence. He meant that all men were created equal in the eyes of the law. The blind assumption that all men have equal innate intelligences and abilities is but one of the deceptions which world Jewry has foisted upon Western civilization. It is a deception which is enforced by the Jewish-controlled media on a daily basis, in spite of the facts. In the Jewish world order, contrary to nature, all men are equal in all respects. But before the law, exactly the opposite of the principles which this nation were built upon. Before the law, the preferred groups are judged a lot more equally than the non-preferred groups. So no man is equal where it matters. Equality is supposed to be before the law. Yet, in the Jewish world, homosexuals, minorities, if, if they could be fairly considered minorities, which is another misnomer, homosexuals, minorities, and all sorts of perverts are given preference before the law. And they're considered equal in industry and intelligence. That is the world turned upside down. Under the auspices of the Jewish-controlled media, white boars are being systematically destroyed in South Africa. And the blacks are able to get away with it because the Western media is simply ignoring what is happening there. This is reminiscent of that Jewish perpetrated genocide which took place after the Jewish communists usurped the government of Russia in 1917. Many thousands of innocent Russians were executed immediately, perhaps tens of thousands. And the American and British governments knew exactly what was going on. We have those documents. Russia number one, the British document of reports from out of Russia to Lord Balfour in 19, 1919. The English government knew exactly what was going on in Bolshevik Russia. The American government issued a similar report on Bolshevism in 1919, which proves that it knew exactly what was going on in Bolshevik Russia. It knew that Russia was being run by a crime ring, a murderous crime ring, killing tens of thousands of people in wholesale slaughter for solely political reasons, and did nothing about it. Even when we had Europe loaded with our, with our armies in the wake of World War I, and were fully in a position to stop the Bolshevik slaughter of white Christian Russians, 
The government did nothing about it. And the government was able to do nothing about it because the media never put any pressure on the government to do anything about it. What the people don't know don't hurt them. That, that's the attitude. In Bolshevik Russia, many thousands of innocent Russians were executed immediately, and the British and the American governments knew what was happening and did nothing. Over the 20 years which followed, 30 million Russian Christians were slaughtered, probably more. And the Jewish-controlled media in the West ignored that situation also. And Joe Stalin became our friend. Absolutely sickening situation. They ignored the situation until it was far too late to do anything about it. Again, in the 1930s, during the European, the, the Ukraine, the starvation of Ukrainians and the real Holocaust, the American and British governments knew what was happening and did nothing to stop it. The governments of the West were permitted to do nothing about these Jewish crimes because the Jewish media left it all unreported. Western governments are only compelled to act on things that the Jewish media belabors. Today, the American and British governments once again know what is happening in South Africa, and they do nothing to stop the slaughter, in spite of the fact that many non-mainstream media outlets have publicly reported what is happening. Apparently, crime is only crime when the Jew says it's crime. And crime is only racial when whites can be accused as the perpetrators. With the Jew, nobody is equal where it matters, before the eyes of the law. Only whites are guilty before the eyes of the law, in the Jewish mind, and in the Jewish media. And the deception of white society by its Jewish masters continues. One of the most glaring, glaringly naive, if in fact it is really naive, it may be contrived, assessments of the current situation in South Africa is the South African Politics Web article, Communism versus Racism in the ANC, which is said to be a translation of an article which first appeared in Afrikaans, in the Belled newspaper. This article makes the false assumption that the ANC has suddenly ceased to be communist and has only become racist as a result of its embrace of capitalism, as if capitalism causes racism. Of course, these assumptions are false and they are also incredibly deceptive. The article reaches the penultimate conclusion that the ANC is no longer a communist organization, but simply it is also neither the non-racial party as in the past. The grammar is poor grammar of the writer. In truth, Marxism, or communism in any form, has never lived up to its own supposed ideals. Rather, history lays bare the fact that it has only been used as a system to gain control. It's a false bill of goods. And once control is gained, those who have implemented it have only absconded with the property of the society which it victimized. 
That is why when the Soviet Union dissolved, a couple of dozen Jews ended up owning the entire economic wealth of the nation. When the Soviet Union, well, it was said to have fallen apart. When the Soviet Union fell apart, the Jews picked all the pieces up and stuffed them in their pockets. Once the allegedly communist ANC came to power, the objective was only to retain what it had unjustly taken. Control over the wealth of the nation did not work, but which it did not work to create. The ANC didn't create any of the wealth of South Africa. The white man did. even if he was employed by the Jew diamond mine owners. Therefore, the betrayal of their former profession was inevitable. It's absolutely inevitable that once the ANC acquired the wealth of the nation and control of its economy in such a manner, it would suddenly embrace a means to retain that wealth. Communism, as it is practiced, is the Jewish method of unseating whites from the societies which whites have created. Another Jewish ploy is the ideal of non-racialism, which also manifests itself in Europe and America as the anti-racist movement, or the anti-fa movement, anti-fascists equating fascism with racism somehow. Fascism is really only an economic principle. In South Africa, this ideal of non-racialism was forgotten in practice the very moment that the blacks came into power. Because people were given cabinet positions and jobs based solely upon the fact that they were black and had to replace the whites that held those positions and jobs. The idea of non-racialism is only a ploy in order to get whites to lower their natural defensiveness, which they should uphold towards the non-white races. In reality, non-racialism and anti-racism have only proven themselves to be euphemism for anti-white sentiments and designs wherever they had been manifested. The ANC was always racist. It only put up non-racialism as a facade in order to deceive the West so that the general public in Western nations would cooperate with the destruction of white South Africa. It was a game that the Jews, who were really in charge of the Communist Party in South Africa, were playing. The several white-looking faces in the ANC and in the South African Communist Party nearly all belonged to Jews. Likewise, the murderous Jewish regime in Bolshevik Russia was heralded in the West as an egalitarian workers' utopia. And the Jewish-controlled media was never held accountable for its lies. They always 
lie their way out of their lives. They have nobody that holds them accountable. People keep buying their newspapers anyway. These same destructive patterns are being used to destroy all white nations everywhere. They're just accelerated in South Africa because the South African whites are a huge minority. In the rest of the Western nations, the same destructive patterns are being carried out on a much slower and often unnoticeable schedule because white populations are, for the most part, still the majority. As the racially disadvantaged, meaning the aliens, whose real numbers worldwide are far greater than whites, as they are given greater and greater advantage in every white nation, white racists are being found by the Jewish media under every rock and paraded through the news incessantly while all sorts of horrible crimes by the minorities against whites are virtually ignored. If whites do not take notice and stand up for their South African brethren, soon the world will have South Africa in every white nation. That is the end goal of the Jew. That is what the Jew wants. The Jew wants South Africa in every white nation. And we keep playing in the Jewish hands. Well, that's my editorial for the Saxon Messenger this month. It's actually one of two editorials I wrote. The um, that the editor twisted my arm, right? <laughs> I, I, I've turned the microphones on for, for um, the Europeans here in the room, and hello and greetings and praise Yahweh. And if any Americans want to say anything, they'll have to let me know. How are we doing today? Hi, Bill. That good. I, I see the article still needs some, some editing. I, I'll um, get to it tomorrow, maybe, or, or Saturday. Okay. So what's going on? Besides the turmoil in South Africa and everywhere else we look in the news. Yeah, everywhere. Well, well, I know you hear that the news is just full of that um, um, bit that um, hit a rock and with about 3,000 passengers on board um, purely because the Italian captain wanted to go and say hello to somebody who lives on a nearby island and um, the results were some deaths but it, it's incredible that he then, the Italian captain then left the ship with the passengers still on it trying to get off uh, but that's what's absolutely filled all the newspapers. So what's going on in the background like that, we'll never know. I, I had heard something about that on a news here, and, and it sounded like a pretty crazy story. Well, apparently his head waiter, his family lived on one of the nearby islands, and so he took this, this enormous, one of the biggest ships in the world, uh, and he's done it several times so that they can wave to their family. But, of course, he went a bit too near this time, and it hit the rocks. Anybody who's ever read the Iliad would know not to sail large ships around small small Mediterranean <laughs> islands. That's right. Yeah. 
it, it's pretty plain, right? The poetry of Homer, right? <laughs> that those are, that sea is rough, especially at this time of year. That's just crazy. The people who live there now are not the heroes that Homer was writing about. So this <laughs> anti-hero captain is jumped into a lifeboat and gets, you know, gets away. Down and he's on the shore. <laughs> yeah. But no, before he gets there, the, um, one of the tugboat um, captains commanded him to go back on board. Shit. I mean, yeah. it was just unbelievable. He was such a coward. Oh, he was coordinating everything from the shore, don't you know? <laughs> the blacks of night, you know, he's pointing a finger. Oh, yeah, he was really running the show there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just pointing out that, you know, that the people who live there now are not of the same caliber as, um, as Homer's um, heroes. Oh, of course not. No, they're not. Not at all. That's pretty plain. <laughs> <laughs> that's, really, that's really nuts. That, that whole situation is crazy. I, I wish I knew some more about it, but I, I did hear on the news that the captain abandoned the ship, left all the people on board, got off the ship, and, and was ordered back on. I did hear that part, but well, I don't... He never, was, went, he never went back on it, but, you know, he had an excuse that he couldn't get back on it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, it was... Uh... The name of the vessel was Concordia, and I thought that, that was rather ironic, because there is no co uh, concordance in the European Union, and the fact that this thing heading to the bottom of the sea, uh, you know, being held by rocks, that's rather symbolic. Yeah, maybe, maybe, that's, um, maybe that's a good omen. Yes, let's hope so. Sooner the better. Oh, I think they'll just patch those holes up and pump the water out and pull her back over. I, I think it's a massive hole that will have great difficulty. Uh, they, uh, it's amazing what they guys can do, those self guys, but probably what they're going to do, I like. That with the um, barges and stuff, have a barge that would be half sunk. Of course, this ship is a little bigger than a barge, but almost all in the same. They get down there and they they have welders that went underwater there, and they would you know patch it up and start pumping the water out. At the like, moment, um, the, the main problem is is um, a massive slick. Um, that's what they're about. Yeah, you know, they have all kinds of controls on, on American truck drivers. They know where they are at all times. They know how many miles they've traveled in a day. They know what routes they take. That They have all kinds of controls, supposedly, on our airliners, right? That they know if they veer off course. That you can't yeah. fly over your hometown to tip your wings at your, your, your family. You know, that I'm shocked they don't have those kind of controls on, on these ocean liners. Well, they probably do, but you know what the Italians are like. They're very cavalier, and then they'll find a way to find it. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do, put the GPS mechanism out on a buoy? <laughs> I, I think that... I think that... That captain was out entertaining some young lady or happened. And, uh... Well, they, they did say that he was um, dining with her, didn't they? 
Does he? I, I didn't yes, know. Yes. I guess I just thought he's probably probably out dining some nice young lady there and told the second meet to hold it down, buddy. I don't know. Yeah, that's really terrible. He was you know. released from prison to um, house arrest. I'm sure his wife will be talking about. <laughs> wow. How they were, what was the he last... He back in prison. Count. What was it? What was the last death one? I think it was uh, 11 or something, or 14. Yeah, but then there was something missing as well. Yeah, the and the panic, you know, the panic, and that's where a lot of people get killed. But he starts panicking, and yeah, now you don't panic, and then the ship's flipping over, and it's like, that's it, everyone from himself. Well, it's very difficult, because what becomes the war, um, you lose, you lose all sense of um, orientation, and, and to, you know, get out of a situation like that. And what else was it? They were supposed to have their safety check uh, um, or whatever it was there, but that was Saturday or something? <laughs> you're, you're uh, oh, all that. But anyway, it's a safe safety check or whatever. And yeah. It was very much... Yeah, it was very much a rerun of the Titanic, actually, because the, the captain wouldn't touch that. There was a problem. So he, he didn't tell people, in fact, it was somebody else who, without his command, uh, told people to own ship. Uh, but by which time, tilt of the, the ship was so great that it only launched some of the lifeboats. So it was like a rerun of the Titanic. Uh, and this is why I could see all this symbolism with the European Union at this present moment in time. I can't be reading too much into it, but... On the news, on the news this evening, he stated he didn't read his instruments. He'd done it so often, that run, that he just did it without consulting his uh, his instruments. Well, that ridiculous, isn't it, really? And that's when he was caught out by hitting the rock. He went in close. But he just uh, did it all by vision. You can't do that with people's lives when you've got nearly 4,000 people on board, can you? I know. That was on the news this evening. Oh, I mean, jeez. Uh... Here it's, it's a hundred and sixty cash, like uh, just like the tan here. Yeah. Can you imagine a way out in the Mediterranean there? Either it's a rough sea, yeah. and, and the average depth of that sea is four thousand feet. I think it's it's incredibly deep. You, you would never think so. They were told as well at this year, and this happened at night. You know, some of the older people on board easily died of hypothermia. Yeah. 
Because the last people off, I think it happened about quarter past nine or half past nine, and the last people off the ship were something like four o'clock in the morning. I had a heart attack. I just had a heart attack. We're having, not to change the subject, but uh, we were talking last about the fishing problem, and uh, now we're here in our little town having problems with the area hospitals, and a lot of the hospitals around Ireland, they're being. You're cutting out, Danny. You're cutting out, Danny. Having trouble with that. Yeah, you're cutting out. Well, well, what you're saying is no good if you're cutting out, right? Uh, I didn't get every other word. Um, I was just uh, saying that there's a lack of hospital rooms and beds and stuff. You're still cutting out. That's the problem of immigration. Did you cut out? I didn't hear hardly any of that. Danny has some technical problems. It's always technical. Crowding. I, I, I didn't get hardly any of anything that you said. Well, when, 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 we're not hearing you, Danny. Well, well, typing is not going to do much good. <laughs> Forget about that. Oh, there. Let me see. Write this down. Dorcas, how have you been? You're quiet. <laughs> Pardon? How have you been? You're quiet. Oh, yes, yes I'm fine, thank you. I don't, I don't know why I'm quiet. It's probably nearing my bedside. <laughs> well, well, how much... Of a fanfare was was there in the British media over the ANC's hundredth birthday? Um, I didn't hear much. I couldn't tell you. I didn't know any anything about it. I haven't had a newspaper for a week. So we don't get any any news from South Africa at all. Interesting. Yeah. Right. But then we hardly get from Australia or New Zealand. Um, it's, it tends to be, uh, they will get a subject that they want to do, and they do it to death. Um, like phone hacking at the moment, because all the journalists were into hacking people's phones so they could write better stories, you know. Um, and this major inquiry has been going on forever. Um, and we get this every week, the Leveston Inquiry, uh, as though there's no other news on the planet. Uh, oh, and the Stephen Lawrence thing will keep coming up. Oh, jeez. I know. I've ignored him. Right, uh, 
Yeah, and there'll be a little bit about the European Union. Um, and really, if I'm going to we just don't get anything. No. Um, so, so they spend a, a little... That they spend a little time on news and an incredible amount of time on the news that they're pushing to fulfill a political agenda. Yes. Oh yeah, they don't keep uh, you know, they don't keep on target about anything. But, well, um, last, sorry. last night they had a program on the night sky. Very interesting. They asked people to turn their lights off locally so people could see the Guy. And they honed in off of a, a satellite onto South Africa. And they're talking about it as so though it's all wonderful in South Africa. Right. Oh, yeah. So one never gets a real picture about anything. Yeah. And they're pushing the, the touring down there to board. Yeah. They are. You know, you want to go to tour, you know, South Africa, gee. So we have got a lady in South Africa who's a member of the BIWF. I thought, you know, with amalgamation, she would be part of us, but she isn't. Which is a shame, Marus. I don't know whether you know her. I met her in Germany. She came to the German. Uh, she has a, a DMV in South Africa. So she's had ill news. But you, if you haven't heard of her, I think I think Alan Madison is in touch with her a lot. And and um. Maybe she gets a lot of uh, things from them. I know she's uh, part of BIWF, because her's in England, so she sometimes comes over. Shame, yeah. isn't it? There's all these people dotted about, and they would be very useful to keep us up to date. I've been looking at that copy of that um, BIWF glossy magazine that you sent me, Dorcas, and, and um, I, I think that thing is really sickening, right? It, it's really yeah. disappointing. Well, that's what I thought, so, yes. But they're not in, they, they spend all this money to reproduce some hundred-year-old articles. Yes. They're not at all in touch with what's going on today in the world. Not one no. no. And there's nothing that's original. But they're still living. A hundred, they're still living in 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 the glory of the British Empire a hundred years ago. Right. Yeah. The Second World War. Yeah. Yes. And, and totally ignoring the position and and the shape that England is in today. Right. Yeah. Dire straits. And, and the worst of all is that is that they're in bed with the Jews. Well, well, right. That's the entire gist of my, my, my first editorial this month in, in the Saxon Messenger is that um, British Israel has just totally ignored reality. And, and they, they live in this, in, in this false little world that they've concocted for themselves. It's crazy. It, it's, um, it, it's worse than Judeo-Christianity because they claim to see and they're blind, right? And that's what Christ said to the Pharisees.
You claim to see and, and you're blind, so therefore you'll stay in your sin. taking his people hostage 
and, and the Persians come and, and take Babylon, that's when every man went back to his own country, and that is, you know, Yahweh scattering the sheep further. Yeah. And, and the fall of victory Babylon is not a time to scatter the sheep. It's the time that the sheep come out of Babylon and gather themselves to him. Yeah. Eli is perverting prophecy to fit his agenda. Well, doesn't he doesn't he believe that uh, the twenty first or something this year? That's that's it. They're all checking out. Well, well, that's what he's been stressing for years, and he's going to be found to be a false prophet once again. How is Yahweh gonna? How, how is he going to fulfill the prophecy about the separating the sheep from the goats? Is everybody's going to buy? I mean, you know, that's just the same thing that. Uh, these people, uh, these born-again Christians, you know, they say about uh, they're going to be taken up and things, but uh, <laughs> oh, where where are they going? <laughs> Got business down here. Well, well, basically, you know, speaking of the time when all these nations come against the children of Israel, Ezekiel says it'll take seven months to bury the bodies. Yeah. They're not going back to anywhere. The blood yeah. is going to flow yeah. to the horse's bit. So that's a that's seven months to bury the bodies doesn't you know leave room for um plane tickets back to China. No, uh-uh. and I, I I do believe that Chinese will invade the United States. I do believe that. I, well, I oh, it, they already have. But already it, it, if it becomes military in nature, so be it. You know, but they already have. When it becomes military in nature, then we'll know that our redemption is nigh. Right. Yes. I mean, Actually, yeah, I heard in the night the news program they're widening the Panama Canal, and my immediate thought was it's to get those great Chinese cargoes. Yes. Right. And that's how I believe that they're going to get this army of millions around. Around mm-hmm. us, you know, they're, they're going to use that uh, that merchant marine fleet and those yeah. huge freighters. I mean, they they can put hundreds of thousands of soldiers in those. Yeah. And what are, and what are we? Look how they pulled off nine eleven. Well, not nine eleven over in this. Not no dude said nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing was said. It was just it was amazing. How they could keep so silent of some great crime like that, and not none of them said a word about it. Mm. They, none of them were going into New York at that time. Mm. You know, how did they know not to go in to go to work, and how did they know not to go into that area at that time? You know, you tell me, because I saw the rabbi on TV, and I remember that rabbi on just right after it happened, he crying on the TV. How 4,000 Jews have perished now, and the Holocaust has happened again, and all this stuff, and then that was it. Mm-hmm. Never heard, never heard that again, and I, I remember, I can't remember his name. I could uh, step on my toe for not taping that, but uh, I couldn't yeah. get it. I just, I wonder if anybody else out there would have that, happen to have it. Because I remember the rabbi just, oh, boy, he was crying. He was actually crying. 
talking about how terrible it was and how the Jews, nobody else died but the 4,000 Jews, no. Nobody else died but the Jews. Well, they don't count anybody else. Nobody else counts. And did you notice another thing, Pete? Did you notice around the world and in the United States and, and, and Britain and everything, and they had these uh, these uh, parades, or not these parades, but these uh, gatherings, you know, the, the prayers and all this stuff. You never saw any Israeli flags or any Jews involved in any of this. You know, you understand what I mean? I mean, you people from all around the world, black and white and everything, but you never seen any Jews being in They weren't in there. Uh, uh, Reading over anything like this. Just it makes you, it just it points to, you know, it just points out, obviously, it points out that who find it all. Well, I mean, I've just got a little joke if I could just put it in here. I go to a coffee morning at the local United Reformed Church. You've been just going for a coffee. And uh, I picked up their magazine and, and it said, little joke, uh, Jewish Christmas, um, realising, oh, well, Miss, Miss Jones, me and my sister all go to church with mum and dad and we sing carols and we get home very late. We put biscuits and milk by the chimney and we hang up our stockings. We hardly sleep waiting for Santa Claus to bring our presents. Realising there was a little Jewish boy in the class, and not wanting to leave him out of the discussion. She asked, now, Isaac Cohen, what do you do at Christmas? Isaac said, well, it's the same thing every year. Dad comes home from the office. We all pile into the Rolls Royce. Then we drive to Dad's toy factory. When we get inside, we look at all the empty shelves and begin to sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. Then we all go to the Bahamas on holiday. Now, I, I thought that was tremendous in a, a church magazine that those yeah. were Christmas. So they, they must be aware of the Jewish problem. That's what I thought. Mm. Well, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it summed it up, didn't it? Yeah. Well, I wanted to bring up uh, the Tesco supermarket and the fact that they've yeah. been supporting um, London based Pride, which will be World Pride for 2012, because it will coincide with the Olympic Games. Oh. And they decided before Christmas to uh, drop their something like 10 years support of, of cancer, a cancer charity, in favour of this. Um, homosexual event. And then a, a lot of Christians got together and they emailed and uh, had a petition and all sorts of things. Um, and gradually Tesco have slightly changed their position in that they are still going to go ahead with the London Gay Pride, but they will um, they will now uh, fund, uh, I think, 10 million for this uh, cancer charity. Anyway, uh -huh. Uh, what I wanted to say was, there's now a new petition which says, we do understand no retail giant Tesco to give 30000 to 2012 London Gay Pride, or the Men's World Pride, 
Mm-hmm. We believe no business should promote immorality, obscenity, aggression and division, especially if it wishes to retain the loyalty of Christian customers. We intend to shop elsewhere until Tesco reverses this decision. But the great thing that's been happening is Tesco is the biggest market leader in supermarkets in our country. I think they own 30% of the market. With other supermarkets, I think the nearest is about 15%. So they, they are big time. Uh, yes, yeah, it is, I um, mm-hmm. um, what, what's good about it is that over Christmas they lost a lot of money and uh, I think for the last five days their share price has been going down so um, a, a lot of uh, I, I mean big money has been um, has come off their uh, company company value uh, and I, I'm sure it's because of the stand that people are taking against this and you know, it's, it's doing the rounds and everybody's signing the position. Right. Um, and Very I think good. it's great that, that people, that Christians are getting together and operating as one and targeting somebody like Tesco. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. I'm doing it successfully because it, it yeah. definitely is affecting the share price. And they've been spreading confusion upon them. So uh, their strategy for Christmas was all a, a school as um, because they were offering the wrong sort of things, um, you know. Um, so it's just good that, yeah, yeah. that's suffering because of the, the support they're giving to um, right. um, gay pride. Which is, well, it's not oh. London pride, it's London shame, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very good, yeah. Yeah. And we boycott it, so. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's well, they call this a family event. They try to argue it's a family event. Can you imagine that? Oh, that's sad. Family event. Well, well someone told me around. I said that um, David Cameron is bringing in the law that two men married, they're going to have marriage as anybody. No, yeah, but there's, there's, there's presently a consultation on that, um, yeah. and he, he he said it. Well, he has to take, you know, cognizance of the consultation. And again, the Christian Institute have been asking people to um, submit their thoughts on this, which uh, a lot of people have done. Yeah, I, I'm ignorant in this area. You mean that 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 our men can't marry men yet in England? Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they can have a civil partnership, is, um, a regi- which is, um, it is a legal relationship, but they now want marriage on the same basis as marriage uh, between heterosexuals, and therefore marriage has to be redefined. Yes, to include all them. Yeah. Lesbians. But the government has done a, a consultation on this. And the Christian Institute was um, helping Christians to see how they could to that um, and get as many people to, you know, say what they thought about it. Well, well, it's sickening, of course, but but I'm surprised that um, England isn't more progressive. (laughs) I expected expected that can of worms to be opened already in England, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but they've got several partnerships which which 
you know, uh, very, very similar to marriage. Can they get married in church? They'll never have enough, right? They'll never have enough oh, until there's, yeah. there, there, there's gay sex in every home, right? That's, yeah. that's, that's still won't be. Until they can just go and get some little boy anywhere they want, you know, anything goes. Right. Uh, until you can't say no to sex, that then that they won't have enough. And, and the thing about it is, is, is uh, you know, these these child molesters. Thing, well, what's gay? What's gays ever done to you? Have they ever attacked you and all that? And I said, you know what? Uh, aren't uh, the files? Aren't they gay? Huh? Aren't they gay? And who's who's to tell the difference in between? You know, the prostitute knows who's was a child molester who Well, they're also trying to introduce um, sex education to five-year-olds in schools. Yeah, yeah, right. That's why I say they won't have enough until until you can't yeah. say. Yeah. Right. Have fun, man, with anybody at any time. That's when they'll be yeah. happy. Or, or yeah. anything. Yes. I mean, there's so many things going on. It sort of wears you down having to do these consultations and, you know, responding to all this. Um, yeah. It's quite unpleasant, and it's it's overwhelming as well because you're always doing it. Yeah. Um, I, I responded to a government one this week regarding Section 5 of the Public Order Act. Now, that includes um, a phrase which relates to insulting behaviour. And the word insult is what Christians want to have removed. Mm-hmm. And we have to we have to fill in um, a government uh, a question and answer on the difference between insulting and abusive language and behaviour, and was there any real difference? You know, it's it's unbelievable that people are trying to rewrite the dictionary. Yeah, mm. we got everything. I so remember people, but people that prison, can have prison sentences. If they are found guilty of, of using abusive behaviour, and that is subjective because what one person will find abusive, another person will be indifferent to. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's everything, every part of our life, part of our life is uh, panic, uh, Jews have gotten into everything of our every of our lives. Every part mm-hmm. of our lives, the Jewish influence. Yes, you know, you know it like, comes down to. We may carry on. I'm I'm going to deviate, so you carry on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I'll, I'll just say that any group that that owns and controls. All, all the uh, uh, financing and and the media. That is an iron which is so difficult to dislodge or to fight against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say we gave up such a lot in 1972 when we joined the, um, you know, reading. 
it's the revelation with the 144,000 it brought back to me the fact that all our monetary system was in 12 we had 12 12s with 145 um, oh. and 144 pennies made a pound and I believe that the denarius that they called it Bible was our penny and uh, 12 pence for one shilling let all that go and uh, we've lost all that biblical meaning from our currency mm -hmm. and um, I don't know this is so but I think the, the pyramids were calculated in inches and not the metric system Absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. 
how they can, how everybody acts on TV, how they know what to say, whether it's CNN, ABC, BBC, uh, Ulster TV, it doesn't matter. They are all tuned on this, on what is PC and what you should say and what you don't. And uh, it's a good example to point out to people. Mm. Um, look at If you don't think that there's a conspiracy, uh, look at this. I mean, even uh, your French TV, you know, we get all these different stations over here. And all that news, they're all the same. Yes. Someone did write about that, said they think they get all the information through the rabbis when they go into the synagogue. That's when they... I, I believe it. I believe it because of, you know, like I've said before, that, that Rabbi Stephen F. Weiss uh, commenting that the Aryan European man and the Aryan American white man will not be able to speak to each other but through us. Yeah. And you well, well, with all the Masonic lodges of Europe in the 19th century, which were highly fractured, and it can be demonstrated that they were highly fractured in the 18th century, that the only common denominator was the Jew. And I sincerely believe that all of those European revolutions and, and all of the Jewish agenda is certainly spread through Jewish organizations and especially the, the, the synagogues. Mm-hmm. And it's always been this way. It, it started out that way when, when they were... Um, when they weren't citizens in Europe. And, and it continues to this day. Yeah, they, uh, another thing, I, well, I, I was reading there uh, an interesting story about Charles uh, Lindbergh and how the, um, the, the Jews uh, from Well, I hope you're, you're cutting out again, Danny. You're not any good to us if you keep cutting out, right? Um, it's really slick bad, my lights are. I don't know why it's doing. Well, well, I hope to do programs this year on um, Huey Long and Charles Lindbergh and, and Louis McFadden and some of the other traitors, that the, some of the other patriots that the Jews have... have um, Killed, murdered, silenced, one way or another. Right. And, you know, Charles Lindbergh was silenced just because they kidnapped his child, which I think is unfortunate. But but um, they had to kill Huey, Huey Long and, and Louis McFadden. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know if you heard the Ezra Pound program I did the other night. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard it. Mm-hmm. He was he's an unsung hero also. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yes, many unsung heroes. He knew exactly what was behind all the treachery in England and, and all the while British Israel were embracing the Jews and Pound knew exactly what was going on. It's it, it's he knew it at an early time. He knew who was responsible for it. He knew how they did it. 
Right. He had to trace right back to the Bank of England founding in 1694 and, and um, <clears throat> the treachery of the Sassoons and the Rothschilds and all that. Yeah, he had not pegged the good. That's why they had to shut him up. Right. Putting him at an asylum for all those years. Grateful. But he didn't realize what they had plans for him because he could have pushed it to another country. But he was virtually, well, he was brought over, wasn't he, from Italy? Right, he was yeah. captured at the end of the war. Oh, yeah. But of course, his counterpart, um, what was his name? I get, I get the name wrong. Is it Joyce? James? Uh, Joyce? The, the one that was Lord Hawthorne. William Joyce. William Joyce. Is it William Joyce? I mean, he, he, was, he was hanged by the British, wasn't he? Yes. He was, yeah, after several years. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned him too. I didn't really get into him in any depth, but I mentioned him also. Mm. It, it just seems to me to be so, um, uh, what's the word? You know, when, when you defeat an enemy, that should be the end of it, but that didn't happen. They, they were not only defeated, then they were everybody um, connected with the so-called enemy, were, were then annihilated, starved to death, or whatever it was that they did. Right. Um, they weren't satisfied just with having defeated Germany, were they? Well, well no, uh, and, and they tried to do that after World War One. They tried to totally emasculate the German people after World War One with the Weimar Republic, and, and it yeah. didn't work. And Germany bounced back, which really caught them, I, I think it, it caught them in a state of shock, but that they that they had already controlled America and, and England to the degree where they could just use America and England to destroy Germany again. And, and it's incredible that our people don't see it. Uh, it's incredible to me. I'll, I'll forever marvel over over the blindness of, of the Saxon race. I, I, I stated the other night in my Ezra Pound program that I, I believe that the I, I can't exactly prove it, but but to me the the um, the fruit of, of of an issue proves the the um, motivations and reasons behind it quite often. And the Cold War is is one of those times. And and uh, I believe that Churchill's Iron Curtain speech was entirely contrived because. Alienating the USSR from Britain and, and America were the only way that the Jews were going to cover for their crimes. Yes, yeah. So they had to have the Cold War to cover for their crimes and, and to keep keep concealed the, who it was behind all, all of this death and destruction and, and um, the evils of communism and, and the Sovietization of Eastern Europe. The Jews were behind mm -hmm. all of that, but they had to have the Cold War to conceal it. Yeah. And it was effective. It was, because everybody bought into it. Right. Absolutely incredible. The power of the media. Yes, um...
talking about the, the media, I just came across an article here, Guardian, uh, January 19th, and it says here, this is in our little town, it says the council confronts hate to mark Holocaust Day. And it says the Antrim Council is to mark Holocaust Memorial Day by staging a controversial play puts the spotlight on the race-hate groups. Well, well, the real race hate is the Jews who keep falsely accusing Germany of killing six million of them. Yeah, and he That's said the real he hate absolutely group. refused to accept that six million Jews were led to their deaths during the Second World War. So apparently, they Michael Paul Mike or Mayor Paul Michael, Chair Michael, and probably a Jew. Chairman of the Antrim branch of the Royal British Legion said he firmly believed that there are still lessons from the nightmare of the Holocaust. <laughs> the Holocaust, he thought well, well, there still are lessons to be learned from the nightmare of the Holocaust. The, the nightmare is that Jews keep haunting us with, this, with, with these lies. That's the real nightmare. <laughs> but uh, I, apparently they have um, a, a play they're going to present. I don't know. I'll have to go see this. And, um, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a picture. They show a picture here. It says, and underneath it, the caption, Blind Hatred. Again, this guy in there, uh, Paul Michael, and hopes that a hard hitting play on the difficult theme of Holocaust denial could spark debate on intolerance much closer to home. And it shows a picture. As their Polish Union party not welcome, foreign nationals will be targeted. <laughs> that's over. Well, here. it's the Jew that's intolerant because they won't tolerate any inquiry at all into the facts behind the Holocaust. Mm. A Holocaust. Well, well, right. They don't tolerate any, um, <clears throat> any historical evaluation and any fair evaluation into what happened in in those concentration camps. What we're absolutely clear of it is no forensic evidence whatsoever. Six million dead people, not one shred of forensic evidence. Right. And I would like to know uh, where, where is this big plan? I mean, how could you be fighting a war on three fronts and uh, going through burning all these bodies and gassing? I mean, the fact that when you see the the that's another thing, too, people don't realize, is that, that when you gas them like they do in the prisons up here or over in California there, how long it actually takes for that process to happen. And if you get down to the forensics and the, and the science and everything like that, they'd be, still, they'd be still killing them over there if they did it the way the Jews said they did it. No, that was all lies. The entire Holocaust story is a lie. Yeah, the, the people trying to, even the, the people who were putting the people in this chamber would be dead. <laughs> well, well it's history, the Holocaust is history's second biggest hate crime. The Jews are perpetrating a hate crime against the German people for consistently slandering them with these false charges. Um, it's become a religion. It's actually a religion with these with this stuff. And, uh, you know, like saying, it's, the evidence is over, people don't look into it, but when you look into it, 
then you, you know, then you are branded and you, your names are part of slander. Judge Judaism. Yeah, I'm going to bring up a couple that live just outside Croydon and um, ask them if there's any local news uh, or whether they will hear anything about Emma West on the 17th of February. Mm. Uh, they used to come to Bible study at Orange Street, but they left in a half, so I've got to tread a bit gently there. But hopefully they will um, have some information. You know, if there are going to be people there to be on her side. So I'll have to let you know. What, what town is, is that taking place in? In Croydon. C-R-Y-D-O-N. Well, well, I put a PDF file up on the front page of my site hoping people would print it and hand it out in Britain or leave it around or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't think it's But they're not on computer, you see. It makes Difficult. Yeah, that's for you to do that, Bill. Yeah. That's for you to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know how many times I see printed, maybe once or twice if I'm lucky, right? But it should, get, you know, MOS News or her being on trial should be all over the place, and yeah. every white person in, in, in the county should be there, but it won't happen. There's no news whatsoever, and and there's scarcely little when you go searching on the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tried to I tried to send you a picture of our of our schools of the children in our schools over here. It's just amazing. <laughs> It, uh, it all, all beautiful Celtic-looking children, you know, and the teachers are all white. It's uh, amazing how it's when you go over, say, you know, the, the average school and well, how uh, Danny, I was talking to somebody, um, and he was telling me that in the local school, this is in Ireland, two hundred and eighty odd uh, uh, children. Only 83 of which were uh, Anglo-Saxon. Wow. Well, not in our little town. I have pictures here to show you. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm saying things are changing. Yeah. That's good. Uh, hmm. Are they changing for the good or are they changing for the worse? Oh, for the worse. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't catch on that. No, no. That, uh, but this here, we consider a Protestant school. Still, um, you know, they're they're pushing these, they're pushing these uh, little dark kids, these packs and stuff into all that everything. But uh, I was just looking at these pictures, and you know, it's just amazing to see. So many white children and white people all together in one place. Yeah. Just don't see that, you know. I mean, 
No. Not in Cornwall, Idaho, ever. You know, you got the ones that are ins and all this stuff. Yeah. Mm. Very I'm sad. Gonna, I have to, yeah, it sure is. Mm. Yeah, I don't see uh, any. But anyway, I well, I'm probably breaking up again because it's. No, I think. Just a little bit. Well, yay, breaking up again. Um, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, well, we got to get you to come here and fix all that up ahead of time, right? There you go. Well, I ran all the things and all this the hour before I got on. I don't know this. Crazy. You have to change my wiring or something. I have another computer here I'm going to pull apart and see if I can uh, fix that up for my, and just use that for my team speed, like that. Here it's, it's a hassle. Well, well, you're still cut now, but that's okay. <laughs> well, we'll, um... I think I'm going to end the program on that note. I think we've said about everything that we what we can say, right? And, and what, you yeah. Know. Yeah. And, and thank you yeah. for being here and praise Yahweh. I'll see you all in, um, oh, let me get a date for the next Euro Forum. February 2nd. I'll be on tomorrow night finishing James at 8 p.m. And, and Saturday I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to be in the Philadelphia area and I'm going to do my program from the road. And I'm going to do my paper, Heirs of the Covenant, and, and hopefully have an open discussion afterwards. Oh, that sounds good, yeah. Yeah, right. Good basic, good basic identity. That's good for all the new people coming in. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Thanks for being yeah. here. And, and well, yeah. thank you. Thank, thank you for having us. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.